Live? We're live. All right. Um, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a good morning. I originally started to, I, I, you know, I came out here and I was working on going through my outline and it was freaking freezing in here and I realized I always complain about the temperature in my vehicle when I'm here. It's always either super duper hot and then this morning it was like 40. So I'm like, I had to go get a pullover and I eventually turned the heat on because I'm like, this is, I can't do this. Uh, so anyway, so I hope you're having a, a good morning. Hope everyone's caffeinated. I am not yet, so I'm not exactly on my A game. Not that I ever am. Um, so today is the night three of the Democrat debates. Well, those are tonight. So I was going to go over uh, kind of a what to expect, who's in the debates. I know a lot of you are normal people, and you'll be watching the, I think it's the Buccaneers and the Panthers play tonight. Um, but I'll be watching the debates, and, and the good news is I watch them, so you don't have to. Uh, so you're welcome. You're welcome, America. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but first I, I wanted to just briefly talk about It Chapter 2. I went and saw that this past weekend, and I I really liked uh, the first the first one, not the original. I've seen the original one, but it was it was fine. Uh, I liked it chapter one a lot. I yeah, it was just really well made film. It felt a lot like if Stand by Me had killer clowns from outer space. Uh, I thought it was a really good film, and I liked the second one too. I thought the first one was better, um, just from a storytelling perspective. But the the second one is also really good, and I, so I'd recommend it if you like those kinds of movies. But if you don't like clowns, like, eating people and stuff like that, you know, then maybe it's not your thing. So I guess it's a little niche. But anyway, but It Chapter 2 has been getting an absurd amount of hate online um, from critics. And for a, a myriad of reasons, people were like, no, you're wrong about your criticism. It's not that. It's actually this. It's like, no, your criticism is wrong. It's not that. It's actually this. And uh, they're all stupid. They're all really stupid criticisms. Uh, so I'll, I want to talk about a couple of them briefly. So I didn't know this, uh, which I guess, why would I? Um, this might as well be something about like the Star Trek community or something, but evidently Pennywise was like a big hit in the gay community after It Chapter 1 came out. I didn't know that, but you know, whatever. And <clears throat> so I guess there's a lot of people, spoilers by the way, there's going to be some spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, but there's a lot of people disappointed that he didn't turn out to be the, the, the ally they thought he was going to be. So here's a, from Out Magazine. They complained that... <clears throat> so in the beginning of the movie, to kind of give some context, the, when Stephen King wrote the book, he starts it out with a, this kind of brutal attack on these two gay dudes. And it was based on something that actually happened in his hometown. Um, and when he wrote the book, he said, I wanted to include this to kind of pay homage and help people realize that there is a lot of evil people out there still and, you know, that we still have to be aware of this stuff going on. And so he definitely did it with good intentions. I think that it was totally fine for him to include something like that. Um, so the movie starts with that as well. And then later on in the film, uh, there's a character who's a closeted gay dude. And Pennywise is trying to get into his head and is mocking him and making fun of him, talking about his dirty little secret and all this other stuff. Uh, so Out Magazine is pissed off about that, and they said, you know, it turns out Pennywise wasn't the queer ally we were looking for, and they were very mad, but this is the conclusion that the writer from Out Magazine had. 
So Pennywise isn't just the manifestation of what is revealed to be some kind of cosmic entity that feeds on fear in human flesh. He's also a homophobe. Trump's, Trump's America strikes again. Now, what's fascinating about that is, as another uh, reviewer gets into, this Pennywise makes fun of a girl who was abused physically and sexually by her dad and then by her husband. So he makes fun of her. He makes fun of a obese kid. He makes fun of a dude that had a, a stutter. He makes fun of a black kid. So he says things that are racist, victim blaming, um, ableist, and fat shaming. But those are all fine. But the fact that he also is a total jerk to a closeted gay dude, well, that's crossing the line. How dare you? Um, and Trump's America strikes again. So the idea, I don't know if this uh, reviewer is aware of Stephen King's, you know, the author of It, the book the movie's based on. His Twitter feed is about as anti-Trump as it can possibly get, anti-Republican as it can possibly get. But the conclusion here is that because Pennywise is an equal opportunity evil person, and he's also treats you know, people in the gay community the same way he treats a girl who was raped as a child, well then he's horrible and that's a product of Donald Trump's America. Um, so I thought that was fascinatingly stupid. Um, but Because if anything, he's, he's inclusive. He will make fun of everyone equally. Uh, so I thought that would make him a good ally because of how inclusive he is, but I guess not. Um, and then Slate, they say, no, 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 no. It's not that Pennywise is a homophobe. In fact, we think that the writer and the director and the people who made this movie, that they actually had really good intentions in doing this, but they shouldn't have done it anyway. So the way the Slate uh, author, they, they start off by saying, it features many horrors, some supernatural, and some all too grounded in the real world. The first movie opened with a six-year-old boy's arm being bitten off in the clown's jaws. This one features brutal domestic violence and an attempted rape in the first 30 minutes. All good so far to them, right? The various human evils that fuel and are fueled by Pennywise are essential to the story and often the brutality makes sense. But the author goes on to conclude that a type of crime still happens in real life does not mean extremely graphic depictions of it are always justified. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with that statement in principle. But to me, it's very interesting that they would say, look, you know, kids get their arms bitten off by clowns all the time, okay? No big deal. Like, women get abused and attempted rape happens all the time. No big deal, okay? But these gay guys, because they were talking about the gay dudes that got beat up in the beginning of the movie, but these gay guys getting beaten up, well, that crosses a line because just because something happens doesn't mean we need to talk about it. Even though they also acknowledge Stephen King had good intentions in doing this, they wanted to include it in the updated version because they're like, no, we still want people to be aware of these things. So it was very much coming from a good place. But Slate says, no, it doesn't matter if it's coming from a good place. You still shouldn't do it anyway just because you're exploiting horrible things. Now, not they're not exploiting domestic violence, by the way. That's totally fine. But they're exploiting um, any type of other hate crime against the gay community. Um, and then this is what I thought was the worst possible of all of the takes was from the Washington Post, go figure. And their conclusion was, look, you guys are totally missing it, all right? Pennywise being a homophobe, yeah, sure, 
with the writers, you know, them including this, okay, not great, but you're missing it because there's a silver lining. There's a really good moral to the story, all right? Are you ready for what the moral is? It's fantastic. You're gonna wanna tell your kids, tell everyone this should be turned into one of Aesop's fables. Uh, again, spoilers for the movie. Thus, the film's conclusion reveals itself as a metaphor for social media about how life in the age of Twitter and Tumblr, um, those who were once losers have found their voice. Town Hall on CNN. So it'll be a good opportunity for them to ask them, oh, is this still what you believe or how does that compare to this person? So they're trying to, again, draw distinctions between the candidates. Um, immigration reform, I think, might come up some, but I don't think it'll be a big one. Healthcare will for sure. Uh, race issues will for sure uh, come up. I'm wondering if tech censorship will because Tulsi Gabbard is suing Google right now. She's not going to be in these debates. And that's not Google's fault. I think a lot of that has to do with the way the DNC uh, handled their polls where they wouldn't take... They weren't using polls that were totally valid and credible. Um, they just kind of cherry-picked which polls they were going to use because she met the other threshold that they required. Um, so I don't know if tech stuff might come up, but I'm looking for race stuff more than that. So here's what I'm looking for, just what I'm going to be watching out for. And again, I watch it, so you don't have to. But if you do want to watch it and give me your thoughts, I like that as well. Um, but here's what I will be watching for. Is Biden going to appear sharp, um, or is he going to continue to look like he has the early signs of dementia? Now, I don't say that pejoratively um, because, you know, I think he's just gaffing. No, I think he really does seem to be falling apart mentally. And I think that people are going to start to pick up on that and say, yeah, this, you know, it, it, in, right now it's been, oh, he's gaffed again, he's gaffed again, it's gaffed again. Well, eventually it's going to go from he's gaffed again to is he falling apart mentally? And I think that the more people go, then the more the DNC is going to have something they have to deal with there. Because his two main things is, he seems moderate, and he, they and they say he's electable. Well, he might still appear moderate, but if people don't view him as electable, then they're going to find someone else to fill that slot. So, I'm looking to see if Biden appears sharp or if he continues to fall apart. Because if he continues to fall apart, it's going to be anybody's game. Um, there's a couple polls that are really interesting. There's one from July that NPR did, and then there's one from like yesterday that NPR did. So a couple months later. And both of the polls say the same thing. Voters are lukewarm on all of the candidates. They're lukewarm on Trump. They're lukewarm on all the Democrats. So no one's excited about anything. That was the case in July. That's the case now. So that means, to me, it's anybody's game. And there's very much going to be opportunity for people to kind of coalesce around um, Biden's policies and his voter block, but it doesn't have to be Biden himself. So I think that there's a moderate that if they have a good moment, and I've said that about Klobuchar, but it could be Yang as well, that if they have a good moment, that they're going to start to take some of Biden's voters. Now, speaking of people having moments, Harris is going to be looking for one because she has fallen way behind. She's like 4% right now. Um, Cory Booker is going to be looking for one because I don't know why he's still even in this. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, what are you doing, man? Why are you still in this? Um, he's going to be trying to have a moment. So... People are going to be looking to have that kind of viral uh, thing so they can stay in it. Kind of like what Tulsi Gabbard had last time, even though she's not in the debate still. Um, I want to know if Warren and Harris are going to continue to play nice, even though they're fighting for each other's voting block. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I think they probably will because that just seems to be both their, the temperament that they both have. But it's totally obvious that Warren will draw first blood on that for sure. Biden just, like, he just let Hillary Clinton stomp all over him last, uh, in 2016. So I think he'll do the same, uh, with Warren, uh, this time around. And I, he'll let her get away with it, and she'll probably end up ascending, and he'll end up descending. I mean, the dude's, like, 162 years old also, so it makes sense. Um, here's the other thing. So this is the, I think NBC's hosting the debate. The main moderator is George Stephanopoulos. Why is that important? So George Stephanopoulos has been in the kind of Democrat establishment for a long time. He was a staffer on Bill Clinton's uh, campaign. He was a staffer whenever Bill Clinton was in the White House. So he's been a part of the establishment for a long time, and he's kind of said some bonkers stuff in debates in the past, but mostly to set up Republicans, not Democrats. So I think he'll actually be a pretty good litmus test or proxy for where the DNC slash establishment Democrats are at right now. Um, so if he's asking questions that are kind of puffing up the more moderate policies, um, then I think that that'll be a good indication again of where the DNC is. That's what I said last time. I said it looks like the, D the establishment of the DNC is they're trying to get Biden in there, but if they can't get Biden, then they're going to try and get his policies again, which means they, they want to moderate. They they know that Warren and Sanders don't have a big uh, chance in a general election, so they're trying to get a moderate in there. So if Stephanopoulos is asking really softball questions about moderate stuff, but he's asking, you know, how are you going to pay for that questions to Sanders and Warren, then again, there'll be an indication of where the establishment is because we, we've got the same thing from CNN last time. Um, I want to know if Obama-era policies are going to be a punching bag again, because, again, that's a proxy for Biden. That happened last time. Obama was beat up on more than Trump was in the last round of elections. And I want to know how they're going to distinguish themselves in terms of policy and if they're going to just continue to say not Trump, because that's kind of been one of the things that Sanders has done, well, not, not Trump. So a couple of the policy things I'll be looking for, and then I'll wrap it up here. Um, how crazy and extreme are the gun control policy suggestions going to be? You know, O'Rourke said, uh, yeah, no mistake. Just so we're clear, I'm going to come and take all of your uh, semi-automatic rifles. Um, so, yeah, don't don't misunderstand this, which it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, I mean, go for it. Uh, you're never going to be president of anything. He might be president of, like, the why did I run in this election club? Um, after all this is over, but I don't know what else he'd be president of. Um, so, and uh, so I'm looking for extreme gun control policies, and I'm looking for extreme climate change policies. Um, talk of Green New Deal, I think, is going to be in there a lot. And yeah, I want to see how, if they ask softball questions about the Green New Deal, or if they say, "Well, there's some things in there that are not popular or doable." Um, so again, where's the establishment? Who are they? trying to prop up and who are they wanting to get out um, so people that could have big nights Yang, Klobuchar uh, Kamala Harris is going to try but I don't know if she will because she doesn't seem to know what her stance is on anything um, if Biden looks sharp and looks good then this will be a big night for him if he continues to look like he doesn't even know what year it is um, or what his name is then 
it's going to be anybody's race. It's going to be a big opportunity for more moderate people to kind of come behind and uh, and take his voters. So anyway, so that's tonight. I'll do a video about kind of I'll, well, I'll be tweeting about it um, during it. So follow me on Twitter at my mundane mind. Um, I think my Twitter is pretty fire. Just saying. Um, and I'll be tweeting about it, but then I'll do a video after it's all over, um, kind of giving the rundown of how did it shake out, who looked good, who looked bad, um, who looked crazy. So I'll do that probably on Saturday, and because I'm going to do another video uh, about a topic that, or a, a story that really kind of fell through the cracks, and I don't know why, because it's kind of a big deal. Um, so I'm going to do a video about that. I got the outline all done, and so I'll, I'll probably do that and the debate recap. Um, on Saturday, I imagine, something like that. So anyway, thanks for watching. Uh, if you're a normal, sane person watching football tonight, enjoy. Um, if you're like me, then you'll be watching this thing. And yeah, I appreciate you watching, and I'm going to go to work now. So take it easy.